Welcome to the Raise the Roof, uh, Remove the Walls podcast. We're back again this week. Uh, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 9, verse 23 uh, through 25. Uh, should be a fairly familiar passage for most of you. I'm betting that you've heard this, but uh, hopefully we're going to give you some, some good things to think about today. Uh, it's a great, great passage uh, talking about denying ourselves, taking up our cross, following Jesus. Um, so I'm actually just going to start just by reading this real quick before we jump in so okay. they know what we're talking about here. Sounds um, good. So as I said, Luke 9, starting at verse 23, he said, Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their soul? So jumping right in, why are we, why are we talking about, this was your idea. Why are we talking about this passage? I, I know. I, well, I, I tell you, I, it is a great passage, but I don't like it. I mean, <laughs> there, there are, there are some very challenging passages that we read in the gospels out of Jesus's own mouth. And, and this was one of those to me. And, you know, I, I, I can remember reading this passage and reading this passage and reading this passage, but probably about, I don't know maybe 15 years ago, it it was just, wow, the the depth of what Jesus is asking here goes beyond just, oh, yeah, I believe in God and I go to church. Um, And the first thing I noticed, and and not all all the translations do this, but the one that you read read did, if you want to be my disciple. So, Jesus is calling us to follow him as his disciple. And and that goes back to me to Matthew uh, 28, 19 through uh, 18 through 20, where he says, go make disciples. He doesn't say make converts, don't make good people, don't make moral people, but make disciples of me. And when you look at how Jesus dealt with the 12, you really get the, the view of what a disciple is. It's not just someone who listens and learns. Yeah, it starts there. But then Jesus sends them out on their own, two by two, so they don't get discouraged, and says, go do what you've seen me do. Proclaim the gospel, heal the sick, cast out demons. Um, And so that was the first thing that struck me about this passage. He's really calling us to discipleship, not just to be believers or have faith in him, but to really put that faith into practice by following and being his disciple. Yeah, you know, I, we, we do confuse that a lot, I think, that, that we think showing up on a Sunday, praying a prayer, whatever it is, we, we we make following Jesus too easy and, and in a bad yeah. way. That, that yes. We don't actually listen yes. to what Jesus says about what it means yes. to follow him, because this is yes. this is what Jesus says about following yeah. him. I, I, I yes. think that's the good source to listen to. Um, yes. If we want to know how to follow Jesus, we might want to listen to, I don't know, Jesus yeah, I mean, um, when he says, this is what it's going to take, yeah. Well, I remember uh, David Platt's book, Radical, the first time I read it, and he tells this story about inviting one of his seminary professors to come preach at his church. And this guy gets up, and, and it's almost like he's discouraging the people because he's he's using this passage and some others that, that really go beyond just a nominal belief in God and a nominal 
okay, I'm going to be a good moral person, go to church, give my money and not beat my kids. Uh, it was really a, a radical call to be a disciple and follow Jesus in the way that Jesus outlines for us to be his followers. And, and I think a lot of times that scares us, even as church leaders, because oh, yeah. um, the goal is to get more people on board, right? Like, like we want to grow. And yet here's, here's this call that's going to scare people away. But in the end, if this is the call you're giving, if this is the call people answer, then they're going to really mean it. I, I remember uh, being yeah. at a, a conference uh, and Vody Bachman uh, was, was yeah. the evangelist. And it, I went to the, I took students to the same conference several times in some years, someone would get up there with a little more hype and rah-rah kind of invitation. And, and you'd see all these kids go, Vody Bachman gets up there and three kids go down. I mean, we're talking a room of like 2000 kids, <laughs> but I loved it. Cause you got to the end of this one and, and it was, it was like this, like if you went down, if you responded to the call that he offered, you meant it. Like there was yes. no, there was no half-hearted, there, there was none of that. Like you wanted to know Jesus if you answered to the call that, that he dropped that day. Yeah. Um, and, and I think maybe, you know, maybe that's what we're seeing a little bit going on now, beginning with the Osbury uh, revival, spiritual awakening, whatever you want to call it, and and how it seems to be now re reaching out to more universities and, and so forth. Maybe the church has not given that in-depth call that Jesus gave to this younger generation, and they look at it and go, huh, who cares? I mean, I don't I don't need the church to do what you're talking about. I can do that on my own. And and maybe now God is really centering in on this younger generation and saying, no, here's the call. What you heard over here, that wasn't me. I don't know who that was, uh, but this is me. And they're responding to that, you know by repentance and confession and a willingness to sacrifice eating and, and all of that to, to really connect with Jesus. So um, I, I find that just exciting that, yeah, it is a deeper call and it is a scary call, but then I don't think Jesus calls us to be comfortable. I think he calls us to be risky because there's a passage in John that, that where Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, you're going to be my servant. You're going to be where I am. Well, you know, he's not, Jesus didn't go to the safe places. He didn't go to the people who he knew would accept him. He went to those who he knew probably wouldn't accept him. But, but again, challenging them to this call. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it reminds me of Bonhoeffer's discussion of, of cheap grace and costly grace. Yes. You know, that yes. if, if we call someone to something cheap, cheap things get thrown away. Yes. You know, that no big deal. This didn't cost me anything. It didn't cost anybody anything. This, this isn't valuable. You know, right. if, if my kids buy something at Dollar Tree and it breaks, nobody cares. Okay. Like we just throw it away and you move on. Um, it's no big deal. But yes. when you invest in something, when you really understand the cost of something, you treat it that way. You know, yeah. we, we don't yeah. treat, like I said, you don't treat things bought from Dollar Tree the same way I treat the, the new car I buy. Like right. it doesn't happen. No, um, hopefully. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. Some days I wonder when I look in the backseat of my car and see what kind of mess the kids have left there. But um, for the most part, no, um, you know, it, it costs something and, and not that, right. not that we earn our salvation, not trying to say that no. at all in any no. way, but no. understanding this is precious and this is valuable. And yes, 
Yes. This means something. And and yeah. calling people to something that actually has meaning and purpose is is different than just trying to, you know, to to quote Sister Act, get some butts in the seats. Yes. Um, yes. You know, that's yeah, no, I agree, I agree. And and the other thing in this verse that that really catches my attention right off is it says he said to them all. He didn't just speak to the twelve. So this call is not for some select group. It's for every person who says, yeah, I want to be a Christian. I want to follow Jesus. This is this is the call we're supposed to follow. It's not for a few select super saints. It is for all of us who want to follow Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That's, there's there's several just important little words that I think we miss on yeah. all is certainly one of them. Uh, daily yeah. is, daily. is one of yes. mine. You know, that this yes. is not a one-time event. This no. is not, oh, you know, I I have a cross stitch on my wall at home that a very lovely woman made for me when I got baptized, which is awesome. It's an important thing to remember. Yes. But that wasn't the one time where I denied self to go no. like, no, this is no. No. daily it's, even it's, sells it short. I mean, this is like every every hour, every minute, every second. Like, well, Yeah, I, I think every every situation and decision that we make has to be done in 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 that attitude of okay, I have to deny self. And, you know, that doesn't mean I deny who I am, but it means I deny who Satan's trying to convince me I am or who the world tells me I am. And then I take up that cross daily, I die. And every time I I think about that phrase, take up your cross daily, I think of Paul's uh, statement, Galatians 2.20, where he says, you know, it's, it's, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, it's Christ who lives in me. And the life I live, I live by the faith in the Son of God who gave himself for me. So, yeah, it's, it's denying the old nature and that old definition of who I am to take on this new definition of who God says I am, who in Ephesians is a great book that Paul gives us, uh, or God gives us through Paul to show us who we are in Christ. So I take up on that new nature, that new self, but how do I do that? I got to die to the old stuff that's in there. And so that Christ's life can be lived through me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, this passage really does boil down to our identity and yes. which is, I, I feel like a broken record sometimes because um, I, 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 I do another podcast um, and, and my friend Troy and I talk about movies a lot. And one of the things we do as we have a whole bunch of different categories to talk about, but one thing we do is talk about spiritual metaphors. And we do this for every movie because there's one. At, at, I haven't found one yet. We can't find something to talk about. We just did blood sport. Okay. Jean-Claude Van Damme, 80s gold. <laughs> And I had beautiful spiritual metaphors to talk about, even in that. Okay. I um, want you to do one on Violent Night and see if you can find a spiritual That metaphor. would require me to watch Violent Nights. <laughs> yes. And it horror, would, which is, horror's just not in the genres for us. I like, know. I, I, horror movies only have three outcomes. They're gross and gory. No, thank you. I'm not interested. They're uh, actually scary. Definitely no, thank you. Or they're just yes. stupid, and I don't want to watch it. So there's there's just no good outcome for me. <laughs> um, but it, over and over again, so much of the spiritual metaphors we end up talking about are about identity, because this yes. is such just in our culture. This is massive. I mean, this yeah. it, it's foundational. It's who you are, and trying to figure out who we are is something that yes. the whole world struggles with because yes. we've broken away from who we. Are. I mean, we're 
we're made in the image of God. Like that's well, where our yeah. identity is based and founded. So when we break that connection, we don't have anything. We're searching for something to fit. There. Right. Right. And, and, you know, it's interesting. Jesus takes a very unique approach to identifying who we are in, in this passage, because, you know, down in verse 24, he really talks about a new way to find ourselves. And he doesn't use like an Eastern approach that we see in a lot of Eastern religions where you literally become nothing yeah. or you become one with nature, you know, and you just got, you just kind of get uh, enveloped. I'm myself. And... Yes. Yes. And, but he also doesn't use the, the Western approach that we and many in America do where we look to ourselves or we look to things like pleasure or power or security to find out who we are. I remember I, I, I did a wedding for a young man who was in one of my youth groups. And uh, I, it was no more than two years later, I was talking to his mo mother and his mom said, you need to call him because some really things have happened. So when I called him, I found out his wife had left him. And I, I said, why? And he said, I don't know. All she did was leave a note said I had to go find myself. <laughs> and that's our typical Western approach. We, we, we want to find ourselves out there in, in the stuff or the Eastern approach. I have to the navel gaze and look inside when really what Jesus is telling us here. And, and you're right. What really all of scripture tells us is you look to Jesus, you look to the creator to figure out who you are. What? I mean, you know, if I'm, and I know this is a stretch, if I'm going to fix something and we, we, <laughs> We both will laugh at that because I don't fix things because I break more than I fix. But if I were going to do that, I would go to a person or I would go to some source that knew how this was made and created to be to figure out what I needed to fix it in the same way in our life. I mean, we all have we're all fallen. We're all flawed. So where do we go to look to identify ourselves and to fix what's broken? Well, it's silly to go to myself because I'm broken. I mean, I don't think a broke thing can fix a broke thing. And it's silly to go into a world system that is fallen and broken to figure out that. And so we have to go to the source, the creator, and that's Jesus. So to me, yeah, he's really talking about in all of this, who our identity is and how we find our identity. Uh, to me, I I like your example of, of fixing stuff, but I, I thought of Legos, right? Uh -huh. If I give you, of course you would. Just well, yeah, I, I live at my house, so. Um, but, but if I just give you a bag of Legos, you can go make something. Like you can make right. stuff up. Like we can just, oh, I'll just, I'll just create something. And and hey, when you're actually playing with Legos, that's fine. I'm not Lord Business from Lego Movie here. And then be a free builder. <laughs> go for it. Um, my son certainly is. Um, yes, my daughter definitely. is not. She's Lord Business. No, they don't. She is Legos. the rule. She is the rule. If it's supposed oh. to look like this, I'm going to make it like that and never change it. Yes, she would craggle if she could. Um, but <laughs> I, I could just make something up and be like, okay, this is what it is. But like, if I buy an actual Lego set, like it has an intended purpose. This is what it's supposed to look like, right. and I can, right. I can maybe kind of get close to that on my own. I can just kind of guess. And, and it might sort of look like that. We do that occasionally because we lose some directions um, and have to make those up a little bit on our own. But the only way to actually get it to be what it's intended to be is by following the directions, you know? And 
most of the time our, our problem with Jesus and directions is that we want Jesus to give us Lego directions that say step one, step two, step like in easy, simple order. But Jesus doesn't do that for, for lots of reasons, but the two biggest reasons I can think of, um, number one, that would still just be us having control, but then we're just following right. directions and we don't need him. And what Jesus doesn't right. desire these perfect cookie cutter, identical followers. He desires right. a relationship with individuals because we're all different and we have, right. he wants us to be different um, in multiple ways, not just so that we're not all the same, but also because we're supposed to be kind of weird because we belong to him. Yes. Some of us are already naturally good at that part of it, but I don't know, you know what you speak. <laughs> but the only way to get to how we're intended to be is to follow the directions of the creator. Right. He doesn't just give us those in a little booklet that comes with all the pieces, right? He he comes to right. Abram and says, Hey, follow me. I'll show you where to go. Like he doesn't yeah. tell us. Yeah. No, it's because it doesn't give him a roadmap of okay, day one, you're gonna be here, day two. No, he just says, I'll show yeah. you. And some of that is because the point is not where we're going. The point is being with him. Yes. You know, that, yes. you know, that's, that's what he desires. That's what he's after. It's just us to be with him and we'll get to where we're supposed to be going. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I, it's not, it's not one, two, three, four or five steps, you know, but the other, the other side of that is a lot of people take the Legos, build what they want and then ask God to go. Now, isn't that a good thing? <laughs> Instead of letting God direct how it's to be built they just build what they want. I mean, I've done that. I have, I have seen needs and I've gone out and tried to meet those needs and said, Oh, by the way, God, I'm doing this. So please bless it. <laughs> Instead of taking the direction from God to know how to do it. I mean, I remember trying to start a, 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 a Mexican cultural church in, in, in dimming when we were there, I tried three different times, three different ways. It fell flat on its face. And about three months after I finally said, God, I don't know how to do this. You do. So when you get ready, you'll show me. He brought me a building. He brought me money. He brought me a pastor to, to establish that. That was his way of doing it, his timing. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. It's not about rules. That's legalism. But it's not also about doing my own thing and then saying, okay, God, I'm, you like this, so please bless it, and not getting my direction from him. Yeah, absolutely. But then we come down to the end, that last verse, 25. And I, 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 again, he simply asks a question. What would it gain you if you gained everything the world says you need or is valuable or that you should have, which would be impossible because the world keeps adding stuff to that. <laughs> but if you acquired all that, what would it gain you if you lost who you really were, I don't think he's talking here about salvation, losing your salvation. No. I think he's talking about losing that real you who he created you to be because you've made this false you of all the things the world tells you you ought to be and have and acquire. Uh, and, and that to me is a powerful question to ask somebody, you know, are you are you experiencing what you want to experience based upon trying to get all this stuff? instead of surrendering. And to me, again, that's, again, part of what he's talking about here, surrendering who you are to him so he can make you who he created you to be. And the stuff in the world or the positions or even the, the acclaim of the world doesn't accomplish that. 
No, no. And, and I, you're definitely right. I, it's not talking about salvation. It's talking about this, having this meaning and this purpose to our lives. It's only found in yes. him. It's a deep yes. thing. And, and sometimes in, in this, the beginning of this kind of points us out too, like, you know, they must deny themselves and take up their cross. Like there's, there's, there is an emptying. It's not that Eastern philosophy that right. we talked about earlier. It's not right. just emptying. We also no. fill it with something else. Yes. Like, yes. We have to, we have to clean the other stuff out yes. and then fill it up with him. And, and I think yes. as Christians, sometimes we really suck at the second half. Um, <laughs> yes, we do. And, and we we're do. good at temporarily emptying things out. Like, okay, I can't do this. Don't do this. Like, and, and we get fired up to not do certain things, but we never replace them. We never fill it back up. Right. So eventually right. that space just gets filled back up. Usually with the old stuff that was already there. Right. And sometimes well, I mean, stuff just as bad, you know, that, yeah. Yeah. Nature hates a vacuum. You know, <laughs> nature, whether it's physical nature or spiritual nature, it's not going to, a vacuum isn't going to stay a vacuum. It's going to get filled up. So yeah, you're right. If I remove the old stuff, that's good. That's the first step. But, and, and Paul says that in his writings, I'm to take off the old man and, but I'm to put on the new man. Yeah. 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 I, when I was a youth pastor and, you know, this was in the, the primarily, well, I was a youth pastor in 70s, 80s and 90s, but primarily in the 80s, I had a lot of my, my young men, heavy metal music was everything. I mean, and, and we didn't, you know, they didn't have earphones and, and earbuds. So they carried, <laughs> they carried the stupid boombox on their shoulder, listening to it, which I never understood. It's probably why some of them are deaf, uh, deaf, uh, can hear now, but, I remember parents coming to me going, yeah, I'm going to take all their heavy metal music away and and I'm not going to let them listen to it. I said, well, what are they going to listen to? Well, I've got some, I've got some, and I, I love Bill Gaither, great, <laughs> great man of God, but I've got some Gaither music or I've got uh, guys, they're not going to listen to that. So let me give you something that they will listen to that will put Jesus in there, you know? So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and we're bad. You're right. Cause it's much easier to not do stuff than to let then God fill us with himself, which is what he wants to fill us with. Well, and plus the filling involves all this, you know, suffering and sacrifice and taking up my cross stuff that just yes. Yes. doesn't, yes. well, isn't all that pleasant sometimes in the moment, but right. it's one of those things that, right. you know, right now, this, this kind of sucks. This isn't so fun, but this right. is leading to something. This is going somewhere right. that right. is absolutely worth it. And I think that's, right. Part of it too. And I mean, Jesus obviously understood that because he literally takes up the cross because he knows yes. what this is going to lead to. Um, and, and even Jesus has not, not hesitation is the wrong word, but like even Jesus looks at and goes, God, this is not going to be fun. No, this is right. what he's yeah, he good. Yeah, he's but, not skipping and, and, and yeah. jumping with joy to the cross. <laughs> he's going, hey, if there's another way, but I know there isn't, so your will might not, why well, will be done. But you know, Paul in, in Philippians 2 talks about Jesus emptying himself and, and not, not depending upon his godhood to accomplish the purpose that he came to earth to accomplish and his dependence upon the Father and obedience to the Father and his dependence upon the power of the Holy Spirit is the same as what we're to do. Yeah, yeah. Good point. And, and that we have. That's, that's such an important thing that Jesus, Jesus becomes like us. Yes. 
to do these yes. things. Like this yeah. isn't something that's beyond us. This is something Jesus no. says, you have my spirit now. You can have the same connection with the father that right. I have. Right. And so you can, yeah. you can do these things as well. Yeah. You know, Hebrews says he was tempted in every way. So he, he faced everything that we faced. And if he faced it as God and not as human, then we're screwed because I'm not God, but he faced it as a human being. And so the same resources that he had to overcome those things are available to us through him. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think the other thing that catches my attention here is when he says, you must deny yourselves and take up your cross daily and follow me, then follow me. I think a lot of times we try to follow Jesus without the denying and the taking up of the cross. And, and, and we fail and we get frustrated and we give up. And I think there are a lot of wounded Christians out there, people who've legitimately made a commitment to Christ, but they thought, okay, I'll make this commitment and I'll follow Jesus. But they didn't. I mean, I think this is steps in a sense. I deny myself and take up my cross before I can effectively follow him as a disciple. And I think a lot of times I know I have tried to, to shorten that. Okay. I'm just going to follow Jesus and do this, but I haven't denied myself. I haven't (laughs) taken up my cross. So it's still Joe trying to do it. And Jesus is going, and that's a great idea, but you can't do this without me. Oh yeah. And so I think there's a lot of kind of wounded, frustrated Christians out there kind of given up and said, it's just not worth it because they get frustrated trying to follow him without emptying themselves and then being filled with him. Yeah. And I think sometimes we skip the follow him part too. And we just try and take up our cross. And, and there's, there's, oh, yeah. there's some folks out there that just, they, they want to jump into martyr mode. Like, Oh, I'm going to do oh, this. Yes. Thing. Oh yes. When did oh, yes. Jesus tell you to do this particular thing? Like that, right? you know, there are there times of, of some pain and some suffering involved in following Jesus? Absolutely. He, he doesn't just say there might be, he promises us there will be right. We're yeah. following a guy that died on the cross who says, right. Hey, come be like me. We should expect some, some hard times that yes. lead to things that are absolutely worth it. But sometimes we just think, Oh, if, if I'm, if I go through something hard, if I'm, I'm quote unquote persecuted, which we're not talking about real persecution. We're talking about, Western social whiny American persecution. Um, Sometimes we're just bringing that on ourselves. Like if you act like a jerk, it's not persecution. Like you're just getting what you deserve. And sometimes we do things that aren't following Jesus that just stick ourselves out there so that we can kind of cause a stir and think, Oh, see, I mean, I'm I'm suffering from, I'm carrying my cross and I'm out here just being, no, no, you're, you're not following Jesus on this one. You're just trying to make a, spectacle and make a big deal here. And that's not the same thing. So, no, and we, you know, Paul talks about not suffering. We, if we suffer for righteousness sake, yes. yes. But if we're suffering because <laughs> we're being jerks or we're not being <laughs> obedient. Yeah. Well, I can remember, <laughs> excuse me. Hmm, I can remember as, as a 12 year old, right after I'd given my life to Jesus, we were in this church And on Sunday nights, our pastor would have some testimonies occasionally, just spontaneous saying, who would like to share a testimony tonight? And there was a guy in the church who I labeled an old guy. He probably was at that point my age that I am now to come think of it. But anyway, uh, he would get up and, and I mean, it was almost like he was he was struggling to get up and he would say, preacher, I just want to thank God 
for giving me the strength to bear my cross, all those things I have to bear. And I'm thinking, and, and every time I would read that verse or hear that verse, that would come to my head and I'm going, no, 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 I don't want to be that way. I, I don't want to be this, this burdened down, beaten down, joyless follower of Jesus. I mean, I'm sorry, is that going to allow God to attract people and consider coming to him through my life if all they see is this joyless, beaten down, hurting person? No, it's not. And no, that's not. Yeah, you're, you're right. That's that's not what he's saying. Yeah, there's going to be some persecution. And our brothers in other parts of the world know it much better than we do in America. But there's still a joy because that then leads to being able to experience the fullness of Jesus as we follow him as his disciple. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, when yeah. we get to that point where we're, Oh, help me carry my cross. Like that becomes about us. That's, that's look how much. Yes. I, and that's, that misses the point. Like this is not right. about see how much I can suffer. See how no. much I can endure for the Lord. No, no. that's, that's no. just you bragging. Um, yes. And no, it's about I'm it's just about let dying. Paul handle you because Paul Paul took more than you did, and Paul, you know his his Philippians thing about hey, you want to base this on us? I win, okay. Uh, but it's not based on right. us yeah. comparing to each other. Yeah. It's based on Jesus, and right. So, right. yeah, it's about you know Jesus only. In fact, Jesus didn't carry his cross very far physically <laughs> this is because. True. He fell. They got the they got the guy in the crowd to to take his cross for him. The cross to Jesus and the cross to us ought to be representative of a place to die, not not to carry a burden, but to die. And Paul talks about when you're dead, you've released all of those things. You're you're they're not on you anymore. And and the cross is about dying to self so that then we can allow what has been beaten us down, sin, to be put on Jesus, and we don't carry that anymore. No, that's right. Yeah, that's true. Dead dead people don't care about that stuff anymore. They, nope. You know, nope. I, 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 for all of you listening, I tell this to him all the time because he likes to tell me things I'm supposed to do at his funeral, um, which I do not appreciate. <laughs> and uh, and besides that, I like I tell him every time, uh, you're not going to be there, so I get to do what I want. You don't care true. about those things. Dead, you know, dead people true. aren't worried about. The things no. of life, like they're just not. No. I, I get tickled. Not... I get tickled at these commercials uh, from funeral homes that talk about you know where where you pre-plan your funeral, and I'm thinking, wow, what a control thing that is. <laughs> as death. You know, yeah, it would be. You know, I hope. I hope in my memorial service, if I have a memorial service, I just as soon rapture out right now as to you know go through that. But and that's that's God's decision, not mine. But I would like it to reflect who I was in my relationship with Christ, but you're right. I won't care at all. Cause where I'll be, I won't even be noticing that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. We're going to sing some well, loud, know, uh, inappropriate songs at memorial <laughs> service. Um, everyone's going to be required to wear Chuck Taylor's. We're not letting you in the building without some Converse or some vans on. Yeah, I, I think okay. that would be so. I'll make an allowance for vans so that Houston can come, but yes. Yeah. We you know Paul says in Romans 6, 11, reckon yourself dead to sin. Okay. And so I have to reckon myself dead to sin and to everything that sin brings, not carrying it on as a burden, but just releasing it as a dead person so that then that new life of Christ can then come in and be who I really am. Yeah. Well, yeah. That old life 
tries to tell us things all the time. Oh, you need to do this. You have to have this. And part of what this is saying, like you've denied that you've, and and you get to take up my crowd. You get to take up this new life as, as points out in Galatians, like you're mentioned and say, no, I don't. Like when this old life tries to tell you what to do, you can just be like, actually you're dead. You don't have any control. You don't have any power. I don't have to listen to you. I don't have to follow what you say, which is hard to do to tell that to ourselves sometimes. It is. We're, it we're is. used to hearing our own voice. We're very comfortable with it. We we trust it most of the time. But but, we, but I you know I, I've got a better view of that over the last two months because you know I, I did not realize the and I won't call it a burden but the responsibility that as a pastor you carry you just do you've got this 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 faith family you've got this flock that belongs to God and you're the overseer. Okay, they don't belong to you. They belong to him. And he's given you the privilege of being able to shepherd and, and lead them and love them and be a part of their lives. But that is a responsibility. And since retirement, I mean, I still love these people. I'm still involved with them. I still minister with them. But I don't I don't carry that responsibility. It's it's literally been lifted off my shoulders. And I, as I read this again this past week, I thought, that's really what Jesus is saying we can do here. We deny self, take up our cross daily, follow him, and then the responsibility is on him. My responsibility is just to obey and experience the joy of knowing him. He takes care of everything else. And and that's that's been an insight to me because now, you know, when people come to me and go, Joe, what about this? Go ask Pastor Houston. <laughs> it's it's now, I went into Bible study Tuesday and, and one of the guys there said, Well, what about tonight? Our our, our leader is gone. He's on he's on a mission project in Mexico. Uh, who's gonna lead it? I said, I don't know. Not my job, not my responsibility as 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 your mother and my wife like to say, not my monkey, not my circus. And that doesn't mean I don't care. It just means I don't have the responsibility or the burden of that anymore. And and that to me is what we're releasing here to Jesus as I deny self, take up my cross daily, and then follow him. And notice he says, follow him. He doesn't say follow a lifestyle. Don't follow a religious perspective. Don't follow political leaning. Uh, follow me. And and that to me is so important. I can follow a person. I have holler, I have a hard time, as you know, following instructions. But following a person, I can do that. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we milked plenty out of that passage there. Uh, so I, I hope think you, we, we have. <laughs> hope you enjoyed uh, our time in Luke nine today. We'll be we'll be coming to you on this feed. The two of us together uh, on Thursdays is when we're planning to release these every week. Um, on Tuesdays, you can see uh, my dad Joe is on Facebook uh, doing some teaching, and we're also going to try and release those on this feed as well on the podcast for those of you that aren't. Um, Maybe you're not able to sit down and watch on Facebook, uh, but you can drive around like I do and you know, have to pick up your kids and you spend more time in the car than you want. Uh, we're going to start releasing those uh, on this podcast feed on Tuesdays, uh, but there's a whole lot of stuff. If you're on Facebook, you can check out it at Raise the Roof, Remove the Walls, uh, posting stuff just about every day. Uh, and what's, yeah. what's your blog again? He's also... Doing a blog. Oh, I do a blog. It's called Raise the Roof, Remove the Walls blog. And all you got to do is put in... Google raise the roof, remove the walls, or whatever uh, browser you use. I don't want to give Google too much credit here. Um, and now I will warn you, 
when you first do it, it might bring up some stuff about home reconstruction. That is not me, okay? <laughs> but it's Raise the Roof, Remove the Wrong Blog. There are, I, I'm thinking there is probably about over 500 different uh, blogs I've written that are on there. So you can scroll through it and find one that you like and, and, and read it. And if you want to be a follower, you can follow it and then it'll pop up every week for you. Yeah. So feel free to check those out and uh, we'll see you guys again next week. Okay. Bye guys. 